Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Wow. Welcome to the Broad in Japan podcast, probably the best way of learning about life in Japan without actually being in Japan. I'm your host, Chris Broad, and we're joined, as always, by England's top Japan enthusiast, Mr. Pete Donaldson. Pete, how the devil are you? Hello, mate. How you doing? I like the fact that you've got a lovely little bedroom that you are doing your work from. How big is that room that you're in? Because the people at home can't see you, but they will probably be able to see you on your YouTube channel because uh, you do a lot of filming in that room. How? Because I've I recently I've seen the Trash Taste Boys. They're ch- changing or moving studios. You love Trash uh, so I've seen Taste. That. You watch it more than Brian Japan. Traitor. I've not watched. Traitor. I've not watched Trash Taste recently. Thank you. I just saw Joey's uh, picture on on uh, Twitter, and it just seems like they've got quite a big room but your room's a little bit more uh smaller <laughs> don't rub it in trash taste is good well, there's You're only the one worthless. of you and there's three of those bastards i <laughs> i mean i i'm hoping to go and see the studio in a couple of weeks and uh, check it out mm. and join the, the show maybe but um i think there's three of them they've got like a whole team like trash taste is an empire abroad in japan is me with a side dish of natsuki and ryotaro and you <laughs> and a few others but like i mean i do the podcasts the exact same place I sit in the videos, right? In my studio yeah. area. Uh, mm. And it's a very small space. Like when Connor came here to film the fried chicken video back in April, he was like, yeah. oh gosh, what is this? It's, oh gosh, it's so small. <laughs> uh, mate, I can't, I can't sit in here. It's so small. Oh God. And the time I did the Brown Japan podcast with him, he was like, oh God, oh gosh, there's only one microphone. So we had to sit around one microphone. <laughs> and he was like, oh, you have two microphones. Oh gosh. And it's bloody annoying. Uh, rubbing it to in. Be like, fair, Chris, you, you, to be fair, Chris, you, I mean, if you're going to be eating loads and loads of congealed chicken uh, goods, uh, it's going to start to smell pretty bad pretty quickly, I'd say. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty rough. The the apartment smelled <laughs> like the like a rubbish skip. It smelled like a waste industrial site. It's awful. But um it is a small space. But like my philosophy is I, I could I could rent a studio the size of trash mm. taste. But why would I want to do that? It doesn't make like mm. I, and I and I I think if I you do all of your two people outside. I podcast would like that, then I would, but I do and my philosophy has always been to be mobile and flow like a river, flow like water. As as uh, Bruce Lee said, <laughs> cool. that's the philosophy cool. that drives a You sound Japan. like a cool guy. Exactly. <laughs> Sorry, cool guy. <laughs> I'm a very, you know, I sound like a cool guy. I'm cool. Of course I'm cool. Broad Japan. <laughs> have you, mate? Uh, well, I, I Johnny, know. Johnny, of course, Japan is I, upon I, us, Chris. 
if you, you, you have been mobile and you've edited all your videos and Journey Across Japan is nearly here. When's it coming out, you big prick? <laughs> this episode is coming out on Wednesday, right? This is Wednesday. Yes. So yes. the episode should be out now. If it's not out now, then oh, I've done something terribly wrong. Um, something's happened, mate. I mean, your hard drive, your lazy drives have all broken down. <laughs> at the time of recording, we haven't uploaded the episode, but it is about uh, Kagoshima. It's about Yakushima Island. And the main point of the first episode is the airplane, which is something mm. we've talked about heavily on the podcast over the last few months, the plane ride from hell. Um, but I think it's going to be a fun episode. The highlight is not just the plane, but when I threw Natsuki into a waterfall, um, <laughs> when he wasn't expecting that. That was very cathartic. Yeah. But um, <laughs> check that out, guys. It's coming out. The The first episode, it, I, it's, I'm at a difficult stage where I have to think of the title of the episode. And the sad thing about yes. YouTube is the fate of your video is basically determined by every letter, every Keyword. word, everything you write, mm. you know. Um, so the, the last video, 12 Reasons Not to Move to Japan, did well. It's almost it's on target for a million views because it's provocative. Mm. It's it's on point. You know what you're getting. Mm. As for this one, I'm thinking of doing something like I flew in Japan's most dangerous plane or I flew in Japan's yes. most dangerous aircraft, airplane. What do you think? Mm. Any ideas? You're a genius. Um, I, poop, I pooped my pants miles above sea level. <laughs> miles I'm above sea level. I'm a big scaredy level. boy. <laughs> I'm a big scaredy boy and I nearly fell in a volcano because I'm silly. There's a good reason we don't let Pete <laughs> label the podcast titles. I strictly, no, it's true. like a communist true. dictator, I oversee and censor <laughs> and <laughs> oversee every title and word. Um, yeah, well, it's, it's why we've become a success, <laughs> to be quite be. frank. If it was just up to me, we'd be terrible. I love, I put all <laughs> these effort into like well, slick titled podcasts and then when you do it, it's like, I saw a walrus, and it's just like some weird line. Like, I saw a pen. Correct. It's just like something that has no Draw context. Draw like, where, Where's that? What happened there? They, they're thinking, what's Pete and Chris been up to this week? Is that let's, what they let's think? Let's click and find out, shall we? Is that let's, what they think? Let's fill our hungry ears with ace content. <laughs> Bloody hell. Well, check it out, guys. The episode, <laughs> first episode yeah. of Journey Across Japan should be out now, and um, it, it should be good. I'm, I'm hope it is. I'm halfway through editing it right now. Trailer uh, was very good. The trailer was very good, but it set expectations mm. high. But the first episode, I think it's going to be almost 30 minutes long. So it's a bumper episode and uh, should be good. Got a story here cool. from Ramek. He says, Hi, Chris and Pete. Love the podcast. It makes my daily commute much more bearable. Um, the following is a true story of when my friend and I were staying in Kyoto. We arrived at our Airbnb, kind of weirded out by the place. The front door was unlocked. Bloody hell. And we walked in to find used futons. <laughs> And a house that seemed lived in. It was as if we'd just walked into somebody's house. I don't like That's where Airbnb, this is going. Man. <laughs> yeah, that is Airbnb. <laughs> I don't I don't like where this is going. After a big day out no. in Kyoto, we arrived back and began to experience what can only be described as a series of paranoid uh, paranoia inducing supernatural happenings. Ooh. Sounds exciting. It all began when our curiosity got the better of us and looked and we looked into one of the drawers to find a rusty handsaw. Just like from the first Saw movie, we also found <laughs> very old credit cards for a redacted uh, redacted name. My heart froze mm. when I realised this name was very similar. Oh, I see. He's redacted the name. He's just written redacted. Yes. <laughs> My heart froze. <laughs> I'm slow. My heart froze when I realised this redacted name was very similar to the ghost from The Ring. I reassured my friend that Ooh. it is a common name. 
and there was nothing to be afraid of, but deep down, I was terrified. We continued to see and hear spooky things. My friend heard someone bang on the bathroom window from outside while he was showering, and I saw dirty handprints on the glass window outside the living space that I swear weren't there before. We tried to seek comfort in the TV, but the top right part of the screen began to form a dark circle similar to what would happen if you held a magnet near an old CRT. We were terrified at this point and dreaded going to sleep. We were strongly considering (laughs) finding a capsule hotel to sleep in instead. Eventually, I fell asleep despite the line of Hina dolls watching me. Oh, those dolls are so creepy. Uh, From across Mm. the room, only to be awoken in the middle of the night by the sound of a sobbing woman right outside my second story window. I was so mentally exhausted that I found the entire situation ridiculously cliche and I rationalised it as salaryman life. The next day we were dreading our second and final night in the Airbnb as we thought it would be our final night in this mortal plane. Thankfully, it was uneventful. And we were left wondering if we were cursed or if this was an elaborate prank by the locals. Have you ever had a supernatural, scary experience while staying in Japan, guys, from Ramek? Bloody hell, what do you make of that, Pete? It's terrifying. I mean, I think, I, I, I mean, it's very exciting. <laughs> it's certainly, you know, it's something to talk about in the future. I mean, I'm not a big ghost person, but I think if I could hear sobbing women right outside the second story window, if I could sort of, if I'm hearing people banging on the window, I mean, I would find it very, very difficult. I remember staying in Johannesburg for the World Cup. Didn't get to see any matches, but we went to a lot of fun parks and stuff, and it was mm. a lot of fun uh, back in 2012. And um, there was some animal on the roof that I could not <laughs> stop. Because, I mean, like, it was just just spooky as hell there's a lot of crime in johannesburg anyway but yeah, once yeah. you start hearing things clambering around the roof you're like oh, oh god, god what's happening so i couldn't really sleep very well Bloody <laughs> hell. i mean I, I in terms of my experiences with airbnb generally it's been good um states from great places i did have at one time when i went to bath in the uk and i got locked inside because the door handle just the door lock stopped working. And it, the the apartment mm. in question was like in an attic, in like a rooftop apartment, four stories up. So I couldn't jump out the window. Uh, me and my friend were like, how the hell do we get out of here? Like the door could only be open from the outside of the front door. Right. It was a completely surreal situation. I can't, even now, I can't really wrap my head around it. And we rang the guy <laughs> and we're like, we're locked in the apartment. The front door will not open. And he was like, oh yeah, it's happened before. Um, ooh, I don't know what to do. I was like, well, can you come and open it? He's like, oh, I'm, I'm in um, Bristol right now, which is like an hour away. And I was like, what, what are you right. on about? Why would this happen? Fortunately, he got the neighbor below who he knew to come and open the door for us. But flipping heck, if there had been a fire, that would have been the most depressingly stupid way to go. We died because we couldn't <laughs> open the front door from the inside. Oh, my God. That's why I don't use Airbnb anymore. <laughs> Awful. But as for supernatural experiences... Have you had any supernatural experience? You're not a supernatural man, are you? No, to be honest, I'm, I'm I'm drunk for most of the time. I'm in Japan anyway, so I probably don't even uh, notice. <laughs> would notice a if a spooky, even if it you know reared up in my face. Quite frankly, I remember waking up uh, in some place in Japan and my face had gone big. Oh yeah, I remember that. <laughs> uh, that was that was very bizarre. Yeah. That was just that was, that was just food poisoning, Pete. That wasn't. Like, nah, it was just it was something I'd done. I, I think I was just sleeping on a weird mat. <laughs> I, I decided it's a it's a weird mat I was sleeping on. A mat riddled <laughs> with cyanide. And uh, I mean, I exactly. we also and I stayed at like the most haunted. Uh, Japanese inn in Tohoku and mm. it was kind of creepy there was a creepy vibe going on I remember at one point we were standing in a room in silence and like a bird a toy bird just fell off the shelf 
for no reason. <laughs> and at the time, we are a little bit scared. We are a little bit like, oh, that's weird. And mm. then when I uploaded the video, someone wrote in the comments, if you look at the bird on the floor, you can see that someone's tried to sellotape the leg together. Because clearly this, it just falls apart every week. And I was like, it just oh. falls apart all the time. And I the see. mystery was probably <laughs> solved there and then. It was the case of the dodgy bird <laughs> and the dodgy leg. <laughs> mm. Fantastic. So what we got this Fan week? What we got this week of the news front, Pete? I know you're excited about oh, look, Nintendo. I mean, you know, Nintendo are about to open. We've already heard of the Nintendo um, uh, fairground rides that opened in in in. in uh, I think it's um, Osaka, Osaka, or is yeah, it Tokyo? Yeah, uh, Osaka. Um, yeah, we, we've seen that tiny little fairground uh, that they've made uh, d- dedicated to Nintendo. But I think for someone who appreciates the history of Nintendo, if not the actual gaming experiences like me this is right up my street um there's going to be a big nintendo museum uh, going to be uh, open the nintendo gallery museum oh, nice. uh, it's opening in spring 2024 it's going to be built in a place called uji in kyoto which is built in uh, uh basically inside a plant like a like, a, like a, i guess a, a chemical plant or something <laughs> somewhere that's got lo- a lot of storage uh, but yeah they used, it used to make um western style playing cards as well as the japanese playing cards called hanafuda that nintendo uh, obviously made as their, their their first product and um and then for a while it was a video game console repair center so obviously they've still got a lot of stock there uh, but uh, operations got transferred uh, elsewhere back in 2016. And, and so basically, the Nintendo have had this plant, massive, massive plant in pr- a pretty central location in Uji in Kyoto. Uji sounds a little bit like a Nintendo Uji. product. Like in a Wii U. We re- releasing the Uji uh, Plus uh, in <laughs> quarter four of 2024. <laughs> uh, but no, uh, yeah, soon Nintendo World opened uh, back in March in Universal Studio in Japan uh, with all of like the Bowser rides and stuff. And I- I'm not a big kind of Nintendo head, but I do a appreciate their um, their history and how important they've been for, for the industry. So yeah, there's going to be a big museum opening in Kyoto, uh, which will be fascinating. I want to see a Nintendo disc system up and running. I want to see that weird <laughs> Sony PlayStation uh, Nintendo hybrid that they made back in the day. I'd like to see one of them up and running. Um, so yeah, amazing. I mean, that's well great. Worth it. That's only about an hour away from Universal Studios where the Nintendo theme park is. So you could do both in mm. one long Nintendo filled day. Like, <laughs> well, let's they should have a little pipe going from the actual <laughs> fairground to to, uh, be to, to to the works. Yeah, definitely. Using some sort of uh, bullet train. I um. Da, 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 da. I I've been to this Kyoto place. This is the place I've talked about where I uh, I got stuck in the car park because when I, my first year, I when I was in Kyoto, I was like I wanted to see Nintendo's headquarters, and I thought it'd be like mm. some sort of amazing building where dreams happen and it would be something that looked incredible and inspiring and it was the most very boring dreary it? <laughs> yeah it was like it was like an office block out of uh slough it was like an office block out of the office <laughs> the tv show that sort of dreary yeah. building it looked like that and then i to add an insult to injury uh i got locked in the car park so i lost my car parking ticket so my experience yeah, nintendo very underwhelming and that's why my uh, my mates all went when I was I was terribly hungover and, and we'd had a very heavy night out in Kyoto. No, yes, we had a heavy, very heavy night heavy <laughs> night out, and um, I went back to Tokyo because I was just done with drinking. Uh, and everyone else went to the Nintendo um, like factory, and they just saw the building and saw notably a pair of um, sort of house shoes in the car park, <laughs> and 
they sort of thought it might be probably motors house shoes or something or probably yours um and and i missed and i missed nothing i missed precisely nothing <laughs> for their little uh sojourn to go and see nintendo they didn't find and um, Miyamoto. they didn't find a car parking ticket did they Sitting on the floor. No, no they really didn't. No, God's sake. Not. I love the way most of your stories <laughs> in Japan start with you being drunk or on a floor. Correct. At some point. Um, well, who's drinking now? Who's drinking now? I am indeed drinking Chris, a lemon sour. Is lemon drink. Oh. Is weak lemon drink. It's 3%. That's uh, not alcohol. That's, 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 that's a right. soft drink in disguise. That's session. Absolutely. We've got a heartwarming story this week, though. Um, a student in Japan oh. left his flat-tired bike in a park for a few hours and something magically happened. Uh, partway to school, a Twitter user Yaoimo, uh, one of his tyres sprung a leak and he was too far from his campus to make it the rest of the way on foot before his class started. Luckily, he was close enough to home that he could just about make it back in time to log into his computer and attend class remotely. Uh, but this presented another problem. Walking may be slower than riding a bike, but what's even slower <laughs> is walking while lugging a bike with a flat tyre. With no other options, uh, Yaoimo decided to leave his bike parked at a nearby park while he walked home and attended class, then come back after he was done with the class and collect mm. the bike. However, when he returned to the park that evening, he discovered that someone had left a letter in the bike basket. The letter, the, the, the letter, the letter read, God's sake, <laughs> the letter read, I'm just, I'm just some old dude with a lot of free time. I saw you were in a jam this morning, so I patched up your flat tyre and refilled the air. Bloody hell. The seal isn't perfect, hmm. though, so you'll probably want to refill it again uh, soon. If you, feel obliga- if you feel obligated to thank me, please just do something nice for your family or someone. Anyone at all from the old balloon dude with a lot of free time. Uh, the balloon, <laughs> old balloon dude. That apparently there the was no context. Dude. It sounds there. like he's into something, doesn't it? <laughs> there was no context. The old balloon there. dude. Yeah, but isn't that nice. Isn't that lovely? Inspiring. That's lovely. And I, maybe the balloon dude thing means that, like, you know, he he wrote like a kanji for balloon rather than tire. I don't know. Like, maybe that's the the thing. It's just, it's you know. Ugh. Well, it, is it? Does it? Did, 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 would you feel if you if someone if you left your um, car mm. outside and it had a flat tire and someone pumped it up and you know gave you a run flat or something? Would you feel like your car had been defiled by another man's hand? Well, this is the thing, right? Yeah, a few people did comment on Twitter. Some were like, "Oh, that's lovely." But others were like, don't mm. touch my fucking bike. <laughs> don't, don't touch my bike. <laughs> I I think I would feel confuddled. I don't think I've ever used that word in my life. Confuddled. Wow. I'd be confuddled. I'd be, confu- I'd, I'd be like, oh, that's good. But also creepy that someone just touched my bike and did this entire bespoke service to my bike. <laughs> and I don't know who they are. And they seem to like balloons. What's going on there? I don't know. I, I don't know how I mind feel. that. It's nice. Is I it? think that's quite nice, personally. I think. It is a little bit nice. It, is it a little bit nice? I think it might be a little bit nice. I think you should go around London and try and help people who have left their items around. Like <laughs> someone who's left their bike yes. somewhere in Mayfair. Go and patch it up. Or just nick it. <laughs> it's like a video it. game. Steal it, Pete. Just yeah, it's like so a video game. That's, that's the, British, the British way of doing things. Oh, there's a bike there. I'll take it. Go off that. with a big wheelie. Yeah, I think my, definitely. my sister and her boyfriend had some nice bicycles and they're in London and they went inside a library or something to get a book and mm. the bikes were locked up and when they came back mm. the bikes were gone and there was a CCTV camera and someone just turned up and just uh, cut the cables with like a wire cutters and just cycled off with them. So that's the British wow. way of doing things, isn't it? 
<laughs> yeah, you wouldn't get anyone. Uh, I mean, your 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 uh, wheel may very well be in a better state than than, than when you left it, but uh, it also won't be attached to the car, <laughs> the the car or the uh, or the bike. Seriously, yeah, what mind. a weird story. But mm. I don't know how to feel about that. Add that to the the, the endless <laughs> list of heartwarming stories we've had from the, the kindness of strangers in Japan. Yeah. Um, I like it. We'll be back with the fax machine just a moment after this break. Bernie Katz was fun, he was kind. When he walked in, the room just lit up. And there was something magical about this young man that just had a glint in his eye, that didn't give a shit about anything, but loved everything. My first impressions were of a huge, vibrant and outgoing personality, all hugs, grins, extravagant language and wild attire. Always in a leopard skin jacket, whirling around like a windmill. I know, she's a character. I don't know if those people exist anymore. They're sort of dying out. Everything's changed. It is a bank holiday weekend in London. The late summer of 2017. The streets around Kentish Town, just north of the city, and halfway towards Hampstead Heath, are unusually quiet. That evening, in a small, converted flat... Just a 15-minute bus ride from King's Cross Station. Bernie Katz, pocket-sized and long-standing front-of-house manager of London's Groucho Club, is found dead by his landlord. I said to him, what happened? You know, and he said, we are not talking about it. And yes, there have been the rumours. We've all heard. I mean, what did I hear specifically? That he was murdered. His relationship with his father was so toxic. He hated the idea that his son was gay. His right. dad was a proper gangster. Bernie came down, there was a car far from. Guy blows his dad's head off. They were all part of the same fetid, seething, self-referential nest of vipers that I think the Groucho had become. Was Bernie depressive? I think yes. When alone, a condition he rarely sought, he had demons that flew about his head. I get a call from Bernie and he is in £20,000 worth of debt with the Albanian gangsters in Soho. We all collected and paid the debt. The way that the Albanians operate is very, very peculiar because they did not operate like any other mafia in Europe. I've never been able to establish exactly what happened and why, but whatever it was, it was so wrong. Bernie, who killed the Prince of Soho? Listen now. A Stack Production, available wherever you get your podcasts. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. 
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. And we're back with the fax machine. What have we got this week, Mr. Dalson? In the fax machine. We got a message from Amanda and the fax machine. Hello, Chris. I discovered the Abroad in Japan YouTube channel during a time I started to learn Japanese on my own and I was becoming interested in the culture as well. The first video I remember coming across was titled What Teaching in Japan is Really Like. It was not long, a- long after uh, that I fell down the perpetual rabbit hole. Finding a channel was the tipping stone into my, my now obsessive, or, or sorry, my now obsession with uh, Japanese culture, but also the reason I live now in Tokyo. One year later, yeah. immersing myself in the culture and becoming proficient, proficient in the language. One uh, topic that I found to be rarely discussed is the fitness industry in Japan. I myself majored in uh, kinesiology and I have a strong passion for the fitness topic. In America, the fitness industry has woven itself into the culture and is normalized. However, I found this mindset to be very difficult, uh, sorry, different in Japan. I don't know why I'm substituting words that aren't there. It's, it's, I'm, <laughs> I think I'm having uh, an emotional uh, problem. Uh, of, of course, this year is a little bit different, but my question for you is what is your understanding of the Japanese perception of fitness, weightlifting, gyms, the diet culture? Do you think there will be potential for the big fitness boom? I ask because one of your many, uh, of your many encounters of friends poking your belly you previously mentioned of going back to the gym and journey across Japan and the bike adventure. I look forward to hearing your thoughts on the subject. Keep up the great work. P.S. Thanks to Pete as well, I guess. She didn't say I guess. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, look, it's not all about eating shortbread calorie, mate, is it? How dare you? I didn't know. Oh, God, calorie <laughs> mate's awful. Uh, the only time I yeah. ate that was when I climbed Mount Fiji because I had to eat something <laughs> to climb Mount Fiji. And, uh, it's in Metal Gear Solid, oh, mate. It's fun. I'd, I'd rather go back and eat gravel. Probably got more bloody nutritional value or <laughs> flavour. Um, people in Japan are a lot thinner and healthier than certainly in the UK and the US. Like when it comes to obesity, it's very, very low in Japan, one of the lowest in the world. I'm not sure how that is. It could be a good diet, could be metabolism. It's probably metabolism because I know that people here do eat not as he- as healthy, not as healthy as people think. I I, I believe, mm. but um, yeah. In ter- I, have, I do go to a gym though every now and then. It's it's not been a good year for that, but there is a gym, and any time fitness is really taking off here. This chain of gyms across ah, the country. And, interesting. Uh, yeah, they're busy. They're, people do weightlifting and things, but I'd say. I'd say generally there is a better diet culture here and people are more aware of staying fit. I feel like, uh, you know, you stand out if you put on weight and you don't want, you don't like standing out in Japan. People just don't like to stand out, be different in any way. Mm. And um, putting on weight is an easy way to do that. Um, I remember there was that law, the Metabo law a few years ago where uh, companies would be fined if their employees were overweight or something like that. And certainly 
when I was a teacher, we had to have a health checkup every year. And if you were heading in the wrong direction, you'd be scolded and you'd have to go and have a consultation with a doctor who'd tell you not to get fat, not to have cholesterol. And then you'd have to keep going and seeing him until you provided him with satisfactory results that you had lost some weight and, uh, and become a little bit healthier. So yeah, I think they're, they're, they're a bit harsher on it here. Um, but yeah, I don't know if there's going to be a big fitness boom because I don't think they need it in the same way we do in the West. And it's very shocking for me when I go back to the West, when I go back to the UK, whatever, and just see how many people are uh, overweight, unfortunately. Like it is a big issue. I think most people in my family are overweight. And it's not a surprise. The supermarkets are just chock full of processed foods and biscuits and crisps and crap. And there's like the supermarkets in the UK are way more filled with bad stuff than Japan. I'll give them credit mm. in Japan. The supermarkets do have more raw foods, whether it's fish or vegetables, whatever. Um, yeah, I don't know. People here are healthier. Mm. That's my thoughts. In summary. <laughs> <laughs> we got, it's delicious, aren't it? It's delicious, it's isn't delicious, it? delicious, though, isn't it? Oh, I love it. Sushi, <laughs> isn't it? Uh, Pietro from Gloucester says, hello there, Chris <gasps> and Pete. Peter. Pietro. Italian Peter. Pietro from Gloucester. Uh, But I'm from Italy. (laughs) It's Pietro from Gloucester, but I'm originally from Italy. Uh, I moved here three years ago (laughs) to work in the brewing industry. I'm always listening to you guys while I work alone here in the brewery. And I find your topics really interesting to have in the background while I'm making some beer. Now that sounds like fun. I want to start by saying that funnily enough, both an apprentice and I, uh, both an apprentice uh i had and a close friend of mine here in the uk are from hartlepool like pete good heavens that's very rare to meet people from hartlepool. We get around um so i found your accent pete weirdly familiar isn't that nice now chris in many of your videos the main topic is sake its production and generally the cultural relevance of the product in the japanese society being myself part of the alcoholic beverage industry i find the process of sake production incredibly fascinating i got the chance to try a couple of bottles here in the uk not too long ago the question i have would be directed to both of you since i believe you can probably answer one half of it each is it there uh, a somewhat craft sake market as we intend it here in the West, a small local brewery run by uh, a couple of people that make usually a higher than industrial, uh, higher than industry standard product. Or are there only big famous brewery uh, breweries scattered around the country? And as for craft beer, is the brewing industry and the brewing culture, um, is it growing in Japan um, or is it still dominated by Sapporo, Asahi and Kirin? Keep up the good work, guys. Pietro from Gloucester. What do you know, Pete? What do you know about alcohol in Japan? Yeah, I, I know nothing about it. I don't know craft ale. I don't know how it all kind of gets put together. There's certainly a lot of um, in 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 the UK. Obviously, any sort of railway arch in London seems to be converted into a craft, craft ale <laughs> producing facility almost immediately. But yeah, I mean, like, are there kind of little small bespoke um, breweries? I mean, there must be, mustn't there? They can't all be owned by whatever the Japanese version of Diageo is. Well, I mean, it, it is still in the hands of the big kind of three companies like. Uh, Suntory mm. and uh, Asahi. Wait, who makes Asahi? Is it just Asahi, isn't it? I think it's just Asahi, isn't it? Yeah. 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 Big companies. Um, there are some nice craft sake places. Like I did a video with Ryotaro last year called um, What's Japan's Rarest Sake Taste Like? And we tried mm. some sake called Doboroku, which is this kind of like unrefined sake. And you can, certain regions mm. in Japan can make it. And that's become quite popular. It's very potent, uh, a lot f- more flavorful than 
conventional sake because uh, it's unfiltered. So that's pretty nice. Mm. But um, craft beer, every year I've been here for the last nine years, people always say, oh, you know, craft beer is taking off in Japan. It's taking off. It is, but it's so slow that there's not really been that much change, <laughs> I feel, in the last five years. So you can find it, but it's not yeah. anywhere near the level of the uk or the us but um they'll, they'll get there they'll get there they'll i'm get sure there. and 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 he's worth um checking out on twitter uh, brian ashcraft has written a, a couple of books on uh, sake mm. in, in particular uh but he really knows his alcohol he's a he's a writer for the video game company um kotaku but uh, uh and he's really good on there but his um his uh, sake books are really, really illuminating. And there's a little bit about so uh, the kinds of alcohol in there as well. I think it's just the Japanese sake Bible. I think Japanese it's sake Bible. Um, that could be I've good. I've got a copy of it somewhere, but I don't know. Yeah, Check really, really good. Well worth, a, well worth a read. Mm. Find out what's the best one. Absolutely. <laughs> Love you. I uh, got an email from Bill from New York City. Bill de Blasio, not him. Uh, dear Chris and Pete, I've heard, I've seen uh, multiple abroad Japan videos which mention that Japanese people often don't understand or appreciate sarcastic humour. It has me wondering, how do people tell jokes in Japanese? Would Westerners find them funny? What is the essence, the essence of Japanese humour, Chris? Slapstick, <laughs> running around and banging things. <laughs> it is, it's more like, it is more like slapstick and... Um, subverting expectations like having situations where mm. the boss says something funny or inappropriate i don't know really i i'm yeah. not the one who's 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 good to talk about this i'm kind of baffled by japanese comedy um as, as like a lot of foreigners here it's not really my thing um like shimura ken's quite good the guy that passed away uh, of coronavirus fortunately last year one of japan's biggest comedians uh he's got some great sketches on youtube and i do find them quite funny and those are usually him playing like a boss or a character who's doing something a bit stupid or inappropriate or out of uh like, you know breaking expectations but it's mm. it's it's different I, I mean i how to describe how, how to compare it to british humor i guess british humor is more sarcastic we're more good at ripping other people apart is that humor is that bullying i don't know um yeah i don't know i feel like i'm not the one to really explain but i'd, I'd recommend looking up uh, shimura ken Ooh. on youtube and you'll quickly see some of the most popular japanese sketches and why they why they are popular with um, a lot of foreign viewers because they, they have been over mm. the years uh we've got one here from scott yeah. it says hi chris beat my name's scott i'm from perth in australia recently i decided that for my 30th birthday in 2023 I want to do something similar to you and cycle from Tokyo to Kagoshima, which I recently discovered is the sister city to Perth. I didn't know that. Uh, it looks to be about 140, sorry, 1,400 kilometers. And I'm hoping to cover around 50 to 60 kilometers a day. What advice do you have for someone who's crazy enough to undertake such a massive task? How do you prepare for your trip? And what would you do different uh, if you had to? Love the podcast and the channel, guys. Uh, Scott, Miller, Scott Miller. Um, Scott, I would say I love I loved the cycle. It was a lot of fun, really rewarding. The best bits were, well, I was probably just alone in a field cycling quietly and thinking. The worst bits was everything else. And uh, filming, like, <laughs> filming, cycling 50 kilometers a day isn't that difficult. The first kind of three days, it's quite sore and painful, and then it just feels normal. But the hard bit for mm. me was filming it, editing it on the go. I was a madman. I don't know what I was thinking, to be honest, with the uh, the first journey across Japan. I should have hired an editor or filmed it all and then edited it afterwards. But, um, <laughs> yeah, filming it was tough. Thinking up a story every day, th thinking up a narrative, it was an impressive achievement, really. If you go back and look at the 28-part series of Journey Across Japan, 
it's astounding that we were able to think of a story or uh, undertake a challenge every single day to make it kind of interesting and uh, and fun. And, uh, you know, Pete obviously cycled uh, for a bit of it. No, actually, you cycled for one day, and then you got the section where we just went to cities and had fun. So you got the lucky bit. Sounds, Do what Pete Olsen did. Sounds Nothing. like I'm working smart and I'm working hard, mate. Yeah. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Get drunk and trash your Osaka hotel room like Pete Olsen or mm-hmm. have a Wagyu Correct. steak at Corby, Corby's best steak restaurant. Um, Again. You know. Do, do the peak, don't all go and look at some monkeys <laughs> in the mountains of Kyoto. Lucky, lucky devil. Yeah. yeah. Mm. What advice do you have, Pete? I definitely got the best. Definitely got the best leg. I would say how that really whole did. situation. You were so bloody lucky to everyone else. <laughs> dear, dear. Yeah, I mean, don't put, don't put any. Maybe reduce that, um, that, that, that uh, sort of distance a little bit. Don't put pressure on yourself. Take it relatively uh, common, common, or relatively um, often uh, days off because it's 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 just too much of a. If you're doing fifty kilometers, fifty sixty kilometers a day, I mean it's a bit insane, isn't it? Absolutely, <laughs> it's a bit mad. Well, you can't stop and smell the smell of roses. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that's the, that's a key point. And also, I'd say make sure you plan where you're staying ahead of time because in Japan, mm. like hotels can get booked quite easily and then you're stuffed whereas we in yeah. fairness the one that we did plan on journey across japan was the start and end point of every single day and if you do mm. that like that will take a lot of stress out of the equation but uh yeah i think it's a lot of fun i'd honestly i would be tempted to do it again and not film it just because i love the cycle and i regret not being in the moment more because i was so busy working mm. out how to film a commercial how to navigate with a paper map how to uh, you know, do all these stupid challenges and uh, really would have been nice to just not do that as much. But I loved it. It's a mm. great series, a lot of fun. Keep the stories, questions, comments coming into a broad Japan podcast at gmail.com. Check out the new series of Journey Across Japan, uh, The Lost Islands, featuring Joey, the anime man, and Natsuki out on the Broad Japan channel this week. But for now, guys, we'll see you on Sunday, still all over again. But for now, no matter where you might be, out there in the big wide world, enjoy the rest of your week. And uh, well, bye, Pete. Have, have a nice week, Pete. Bye. Feel like we never get to say bye Ta-ta. to you. Say bye, Pete. I know. I'm, I'm off for some calorie merch because I'm going to uh, drive to the shops. Disgust me. It's calorie mate. Very exhausting. Abroad in Japan is a stack production and part of the ACAST Creative Network. 